Le film que vous allez voir comporte des scènes érotiques qui ne conviennent pas à tous les auditoires. Nous préférons vous en avertir. Have you ever wondered what happens after the curtain falls? The screen goes dark and we fade to black. We're here to take you behind the curtain to show you what happens next in Bounce go wow wow fade to black. All right, folks, welcome to the new segment, the the fade to blacks, ladies and gentlemen. The, the fade, fade to, to black. black. <laughs> We timed that really well. That was great. We didn't plan that. So just a quick recap for anyone who didn't check out the miniseries, even though what's wrong with you? Go yeah, check it out. Go do that now. Fade to Blacks are a new thing we're doing where we're going to take a scene in the episode that we discuss where it cuts to black. It fades to black. And we're going to tell you what happened. Because there's definitely more to it than just a black screen. Oh, for sure. There's so much implied frisky business. Frisky, frisky. Fris, frisky business. No, we're keeping it there. Frisky business. <laughs> frisky business. Yeah, I'm super smooth. Well, then super let's, smooth. in that case, let's start with yourself. All right. So, yeah, I'll jump right into my, my fade to black. Go for it. This episode didn't really have a great clear cut fade to black. So mine's a little, a little spin on it. As Jean-Luc crawled into the bed that night, his favorite set of rompers slash robe PJs revealing just enough of his sculpted chest that he felt just a little bit sexy, just for him. But the shorts providing a comfy, breezy sleeping situation, he smiled to himself. Q had un- outdone himself again, Picard thought as he chuckled silently to himself. He wouldn't admit it to anyone except the darkness of his room in this moment before sleep, but Q sure knew how to keep things exciting. Spicy. And he had brought Vash into it as well. He would have been jealous or worried about what trouble they were off getting themselves into if the idea of the two of them together didn't give him those fluttery little crotch butterflies. So, with a smile on his lips, images of what Q and Vash might be up to dancing across his closed eyelids, Picard drifted off to sleep. Or at least, he thought he had fallen asleep. But this couldn't be right. He looked down and found himself sitting on the couch in his ready room again. And just as earlier today, Vash sat to his left and to his right, Q. What? He started before he noticed their outfits. Rather, their lack of outfits would be more accurate. Where earlier they had both donned matching safari slash explorer outfits, now they had what could only be described as the porn version of those clothing. Khaki had been replaced with mesh, both tops cut off to showcase their sculpted abdomens, their shorts cut so short now that they were really more like underwear. Tight, slightly shiny, spandex underwear, showing all the curves and leaving nothing to the imagination. Vash's bosom already heaving slightly from the lingering of Picard's eyes as they roamed, near spilling out from her tight, low-cut shirt tied under her breasts, pushing them up and out. Picard gulped audibly. You didn't think that we would leave you without a proper goodbye, did you? She purred, leaning into his ear, just as he felt a strong hand slide across his thigh from the right. You did so well playing daddy's game today. I just had to reward you. Q's whisper came with an accompanying nip at his earlobe. I'm dreaming. Does it really matter? Q teased. The hand slid, caressed, and explored from both sides, and whatever response he might have thought of disappeared into a soft moan. 
Let mommy and daddy take care of you. Let us give you a proper goodbye, came a whisper from his left. We'll show you a good time, came one from his right. But first, you have to do something for us. Jean-Luc mumbled a questioning, hmm? In response, as he closed his eyes, luxuriating in the feel of four hands roving, caressing, squeezing, teasing. A flash, and suddenly the hands were gone. Picard looked down to find himself standing in front of the couch. Lights suddenly dimmed. Was that a disco ball? And beside him, a pole? Dance for us, Jean-Luc Vash purred, eyes flashing with glee. Dance for daddy. Q's smirk would have made Picard angry if he hadn't also noticed the lip Q bit as he took in all that he saw before him. Gone were his comfy PJs, replaced with a stripper version of his captain's outfit. Tight, black booty shorts over what sure felt like a thong? The red mesh shirt mimicked his uniform while leaving nothing to the imagination. And yes, he had a bow wrapped around his neck. Not exactly Starfleet issue, but he'd make it work. Music thrummed around him, and his body began to sway before he even knew what he was doing. Like in a trance, his body writhed, shimmied, slid up and down that pole, delighting in the way it made Vash's breath come quicker, the way Q's eyes began to twinkle. Picard let himself go in a way he never did in front of his crew, closing his eyes and grinding his hips. Playfully, he inched that mesh shirt up past his belly button, skimming across the smooth firmness of his stomach, showing his cut for an old guy physique. Q was at this point on the edge of his seat, his body as taut as, a, as the bow Picard had used earlier today as Robin Hood. Vash had her knees pressed together as if that was all that was keeping her legs from shaking. As he pulled his shirt clean above his head, they couldn't hold themselves back any longer. Vash was suddenly standing beside him, purring everything she planned to do to him, to them, in his ear, while Q snuck up behind him, thumbs hooking in the edge of his tight black speedos, pulling them down. Hands roamed, lips explored. Picard didn't know how much longer he was going to last. Beep! The comm cut through like a knife, and Picard opened his eyes as he heard Worf's gruff voice listing off some pressing concern, demanding the captain's attention. Picard tried not to let his anger, his frustration, seep into his voice as he answered. Sighing, he sat up, staring down at the excited state the dream had left him in. It had just been a dream. Suddenly, he was not so happy for the fun those two were likely having without him, off on an adventure. It had been a dream, and he was alone, all riled up with no one to help him. As he stood up to get dressed, out of the corner of his eye, the shine of a pair of black, gleaming spandex shorts sitting on the chair across his room. Well, that was, guys, I just have to say, I really do have to read that was quite something. You can't see it here, but Alexa has a lot of text written there for that. This, that's you. You may have missed a calling. There, there's a future. There's a future in that. All right, now we're going to get into uh, my version of Flayed to Black, which is going to be a little bit different. Fashion Picard broke the kiss. Well then, shall we move on to the bed? I don't see any reason to uh, delay things, Jean Pelug. Just a second, Vosh. I have something I'd like to do. Ever since we were on Ryza, I haven't been able to stop thinking about this. One of the, you may have noticed how particularly excited I was that day at the archaeology site. Well, yes, I just assumed it was me. Oh, it was you. It was you, Vosh. There was a little bit more. If you could humor me for just a minute, 
Jean-Luc disappeared around the corner to his closet. Flash waited. About 30 seconds later, Jean-Luc reappeared. He had dramatically changed his appearance. Gone was the Starfleet uniform. In it was a faded, beige, slightly sweat-stained shirt with leather vest over top, a large hat, slacks, a gun belt, and a rather large whip. Mid to late 20th century, Jean-Luc said. Indiana Jones. He's always been a favorite of mine. And, well, maybe my passion for archaeology is a bit more passionate than I let on. Vash stared, slightly nonplussed, but said, If that's the way it's going to be, then all right. But, Jean-Luc, I have a presentation as well tomorrow. Do you not think that whip might be a bit much? Oh, it's not for you, Vash, Jean-Luc said. It's for me. If you don't mind. Flash pondered this for a minute. It wasn't exactly why she had snuck in through the window into the bedroom, but she decided mm, maybe it's time to go with it. A few minutes later, Jean-Luc, having replicated a few more things into his bedroom, was suspended in a sort of cage-like apparatus. Cult of the Thuggy, 1980, he said. If you could, just before we start, say... Kalima a few times for me. Fash, who was unaware of this particular cultural reference, decided, mm, you know, Jean-Luc's still cute, we'd better get on with it. Kalima, she whispered slowly. No, no. A bit more forceful than that. Kalima. Kalima! She cracked the whip, surprisingly dexterously considering her inexperience with it. It flicked lightly into Jean-Luc's chest. Oh, no, I won't be giving the sacred stones to you, but just a little bit lower, if you please. She flicked again, this time the tip of the whip, cracking very lightly against Jean-Luc's testicles. Oh, I'm telling you, the sacred stones are not for you. I won't be giving them up. You'll have to let the children go. Vash at this point was quite confused, but again decided, it's all right. We can always get to the more interesting bits later. She cracked it one more time, the tip sliding delicately in between Jean-Luc's balls and ass to slip his perineum. Oh! Oh, right there. Oh, I can feel the black mist overtaking me. Mm. Oh, very well. Very well. I will do what you say. Just let me out now. Bash let him out. Led him slowly to the bed. Are you done, Jean-Luc? Yes. Thank you, Vash. I couldn't tell you how long that's been a fantasy of mine. Anyways, how would you like to spend the rest of the evening? The rest passed more or less predictably, although Jean-Luc was perhaps a bit slower and tenderer than Vash would have liked. But considering the nature of what they'd done earlier, she couldn't really blame him. After all, he also did have a lecture to attend tomorrow. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed that here. And let's just say, I think the person that enjoyed it the most has to be Technical Tina. You should see how her little dexterous fingers are chomping at the bit <laughs> to twist some knobs, if you know what I mean. There's going to be a lot of knob twisting tonight. So much knob twisting. Bye, Tina. That brings our first fade to black of the, the second season to a close. 
we're gonna let the curtains fall let you all fade to black and the climax is done or it isn't yet and go have fun i mean we're not gonna judge you (laughs) no judgment so thanks for tuning in thanks for listening you can check us out on social media at boldly blinking on twitter and uh wherever you listen to your podcast please uh rate us review us subscribe like us all that jazz please love us yeah, please. Pretty please. Show us some love. We're not needy, but please, please. We're, re- we're needy. We're very needy. We're needy. So, folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it was a lovely to see you as always. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Bye, guys. See y'all next time. Wrestling fans, do you ever invite friends over who aren't wrestling fans and make them watch wrestling anyway? So do I, but I turned it into a podcast. On the Smart and Friends podcast, I welcome Montreal artists to watch some wrestling with me. Listen to the podcast on its own, or log into your WWE Network subscription and watch along with us. Smart and Friends on Two Finger Guns Club. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.